Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to seven. I'm also a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. Well, today I'm going to answer a few questions that one mom sent me on Instagram. I reached out and asked uh, the question, if you could ask a veteran homeschooling mom of many anything, what would it be? And I had many, many responses. So in the coming weeks, I'm going to be answering these questions uh, one or two at a time per podcast. So um, what I want to do first, though, is encourage you that if you have not checked out the four-hour school day, I would really encourage you to do that. I know you keep hearing about it every week, but really, guys, I'm just getting such a great response from moms, and I, I just really believe that it would be an encouragement to you. If you're enjoying these podcasts, you will enjoy this book, The 4-Hour School Day how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. It's based on my 25 years of experience homeschooling our eight kids. I really take the overwhelm out of home education and show how doable it really is. It's packed with inspirational ideas that will equip you to be able to home educate in a way that's a custom fit for your family. You know, it's a huge encouragement to families who are new to homeschooling, um, who are considering it, who are or who are already homeschooling. I've heard from veteran moms who love this book. One of them read the whole thing in one sitting. The four-hour school day is available on Amazon at your favorite bookseller or on my website, DorindaWilson.com. And if you have read the book, please leave me a review. Changes the algorithm specifically at Amazon. You don't even have to have bought the book at Amazon to leave a review there. I'm trying to make it to 50. I'm getting close. Um, But if you haven't left a review, I would love for you to leave one there. So the last thing, I really want to encourage you to subscribe to my website. And the reason is because my subscriber community is the place to receive support and get your questions answered. You'll not only receive all the latest podcasts, but every Wednesday, you'll receive a weekly video of encouragement from me, along with any resources that I think would be helpful. And I'm very picky about these resources. You'll also receive mentorship from me and support from this community of moms because One Wednesday a month, I hold a live Zoom call for all subscribers so they can ask questions and receive personal mentorship. I want to provide you with the support you need for for your homeschooling journey. There's no cost. It's my gift to you, my subscribers. So I would love to connect with you there. Okay, let's dive into the first question or questions that I received from a mom on Instagram. She actually asked, How much room do you have in an Insta comment? So evidently she wanted to leave several questions. Um, I can't really answer that question because I have not pushed the parameters on that. But she asks um, one, two, three, four questions that I want to ask today or that I want to answer today. Okay, so the first one is on bickering. What to do about the bickering? All right, so obviously our family had you know, we had eight kids, 10 people in a house. My husband worked at home. He wasn't really part of the bickering, (laughs) but a lot of kids, right? A lot of kids interacting in actually a very, uh, a small space. I know people live in smaller spaces, but we were at about 1800 square feet with 10 people. And we, 
had snowy winters where we used to live. And so you get the idea. It really lent itself to some serious like um, cabin fever. But the one thing we have to remember about bickering is that this is often an opportunity to nurture sibling relationships and teach our children how to treat each other. Now, obviously, if it's just ongoing, just little things, pick, 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 uh, we might want to approach it a little bit differently, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But I, I feel like we need to understand and embrace the fact that dealing with the bickering and, um, you know, addressing the relational issues are really important. And uh, like I meant to mention earlier with eight kids in that space, we uh, there was a lot of bickering that happened. So, uh, you know, there were times I just wanted to pull my hair out and I just had to cry out the, to the Lord for wisdom because he knew my kids better than I did. He knew me even better than I know myself. And he knew how to navigate those moments with my kids better than I did. And so um, a lot of times I believe just hitting the pause button is the first best thing you can do. Um, sometimes I would just grab all the kids and and just say, we're going to bow in a word of prayer because then everybody has to stop talking, stop talking. And then it gives me a minute to sort of think and, and then I pray out loud. It also gets, um, kind of lets the kids' emotions kind of tone down a little bit and and helps us to think more clearly. So um, I guess my suggestion would be hit the pause button first, pray with everybody. And then if God gives you uh, some clear direction, move forward with that. Um, I think that often, at least at our house, the bickering would happen between, you know, a lot of times between two of the same kids. So they just were on a roll for some reason. There was something awry in their relationship. And so those are the times when I really wanted to sit down with them and say, look, clearly you guys have an issue um, with each other. Um, Let's talk about what is happening here. And I remember our two oldest were very, very, very different and they couldn't even, it was hard for them to just to communicate about everyday things sometimes because they, they just communicated so differently thought so differently, approached everything so differently. So we sat down and we did what's called drive-through talking. And so what that is, is I would say, okay, I would like you, pointing to one of the the kids, one of the, the girls, and I would say, I would like you to tell her briefly what the problem is, what happened and what your beef is. And so, you know, they had, you know, 30 seconds or a minute to do that. Try to keep it minimal, you know, because the, the word says, where words are many, sin is not absent. So we want to keep our words to a minimum. It also keeps, um, you know, keeps them from getting worked up again. So briefly explain, you know, how you're feeling about this. And then had the other girl repeat back to them what they heard them say. And the first time we did this, I thought, oh my gosh, these two speak completely different languages. I can't even, it's hard for me to even believe that they were sitting there looking at each other and listening to each other because what the other one heard was so very different than what I heard the other child say. So a lot of it can be interpretation, um, the way that they approach life, their, you know, just their personalities can clash. But a lot of times there's also, there can also be an underlying bitterness in the relationship, some unforgiven thing that needs to be dealt with. And so sometimes we have to ask questions and dig a little deeper um, 
if that's the case. But we do this this drive-through talking. Say what's on your mind. Okay, now repeat back what it is you heard her say. And then it wasn't anything like that. So I would say, okay, say it again and word it maybe a little bit differently. And then and they would get get a chance to sort of explain themselves a little bit more. Like if the other person wasn't understanding them, they could say, no, that isn't what I meant or that isn't what I was saying. I was saying this. So all that to say, you know, it's drive-through talking. Like when you go through a, you know, a fast food restaurant drive-through, you, you know, you you say what you want and then they repeat back to you what you ordered to make sure they got it right. So it's it's along those lines. And eventually the girls realized they had to word things a little bit differently for the other person to hear it accurately. And so this is all this is teaching them self-awareness, it's teaching them to be other oriented, it's teaching them better communication skills. There is so much learning happening during these sibling relationship things. Um I can't even I can't even emphasize that enough. Um fast forward, uh, most of our kids are grown, seven are graduated, and I can tell you that the time that we spent nurturing those relationships was well worth it. Now, I understand our days are busy. If you um, you know, homeschooling families have a lot going on. A lot of us have several kids, and so you have to kind of walk that line of is this a time that we need to sit down and really go head to head toe to toe with this or Shall we just put a pause button on it and we will discuss it at a time when the emotions aren't so high and there's not so much going on? We can do that as well. Make a note to ourselves and make a point of sitting down over a cup of tea or something with them or coffee or whatever um, to just kind of talk about their relationship and help them understand each other better. And, you know, there are some other things that we used to do sometimes if there was that, just that constant bickering and it was shallow, there wasn't a deep-seated anything going on there, it was just shallow personality conflict, I would put them on a project together or a chore together. And, you know, most of the time that would work because they would have to work it out. Um, However, sometimes it doesn't. And so then I would do the polar opposite. I would separate them and not allow them to eat together, look at each other, talk to each other. And it's funny how when they can't have access to each other, how much they want to be together and are willing to try to get along more. So those are some ideas uh, just to throw out there. The next question is, how do you know when you're doing enough? Okay, so let's just be honest. There is no way to know for sure if we're doing enough, Okay. I think that's something that we all grapple with and we're all tempted to think that there's some, I don't know, some euphoric place that we can get to where we're going to have confidence that we're doing enough. But the honest truth is, this is a faith walk, people. This is a faith walk. There's no way to know for sure. And the truth is that... um, that's part of the deal. And that's part of what grows our relationship with the Lord. It's part of what grows, you know, our kids. It grows our faith. Um, it, it helps us really grow during this homeschooling journey. But I would ask myself a few questions. These are some things that I would kind of pay attention to. Are your kids thriving? I mean, for the most part, are they doing pretty well with what you're doing? Um, you know, I'm talking about... Uh, schoolwork wise, I always said if they're enjoying 80% of it and 20% of it is something they just have to persevere in, I, that's a good ratio. I can live with that. If that changes and it becomes more like 30% persevering, 40%, then we might need to stop and rethink about what we're doing. And it's the same thing in 
you know, when it comes to chores and the rest of life, um, this is the thing we have to understand is real life, including the sibling relationships that I mentioned earlier, are part of what prepare our kids for the purposes and the plans that God has for them. They are a very big part of our kids' education. So I think we sometimes need to tweak our thinking and realize that these things are not an obstacle. They are part of, they're, they're the puzzle. They're part of the puzzle pieces. Um, they, the nurturing the sibling relationships, the working on work ethic and chores and character building, all of those are the soft skills that are really really going to be the things that impact our kids as adult as adults. Okay, another question I would ask myself is does anyone seem bored or not have enough to do? Okay? Then maybe we're not doing enough. Maybe there we need to fill in the cracks with some other things and we can pray about what those things should be. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is just be prayerful. Ask God for his wisdom to know if anything needs to change. Um, and then the faith to trust him for what we cannot see. I remember when I, you know, I took this unhurried approach to schoolwork when it came to our kids and their homeschooling. And I know many of you have read The Unhurried Homeschooler and the four-hour school day, and you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, but you know, now I can talk about what the results were, but when I was doing it, it was an act of faith. I had to keep asking the Lord, is this enough? You know, every now and then I would just kind of like have a freak out moment. Like this feels peaceful. That's one good thing. The one thing to pay attention to one, one question you need to ask yourself is what we're doing, breathing life into our family. And so I'd be going along and things would be bringing life to our family, but I would kind of question it because I thought if someone else were looking in on what I'm doing, I know they would say we weren't doing enough. And then I would begin to doubt myself. And so I prayed and I asked the Lord, Lord, how do I know? You know, like, am I doing enough? I, I think this is what you're telling me to do. No more, no less, but sheesh, I don't know. And I remember so clearly, he said to me, remember the loaves and the fishes, the story of the loaves and the fishes, okay? Jesus told the disciples to bring to him what they had, not what they didn't have, okay? And he would bless it. He blessed it and he made it more than enough. And that's exactly what happened, moms. So many days I thought, I don't know. I don't know if this is enough, but God, I'm going to trust you. And I ask that you would make it enough. Okay. So pray that, pray those prayers, pray and ask God for wisdom to know if anything needs to change. If you're doubting, um, pray and ask for faith to trust him for what you cannot see and to give you a sense of peace and to, you know, get your attention if something needs to be changed. All right. Third question. Tips on balancing individual needs and sanity. Okay, well, here we go. First thing I'm going to encourage you in is to remember that God weaved your family together. Do not compare your family to others. I remember seeing and hearing about moms who took each of their kids on a date every week or whatever. I did not do that. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't do that. What I did do is ask the Lord to lead me in that. So maybe um, if, if one of the kids needed my attention and my time, would he just please make it clear to me and give me the opportunity? You guys just ask God for what you want. 
You know, I, that's one thing God's been laying on my heart lately. Um, just actually, it was about three or four weeks ago. He said, Dorinda, what do you really want? So I sat down and I drew some squares and I put, you know, what I, myself and my husband and each of my kids and my daughter-in-laws and my son-in-laws and, um, you know, my ministry and my home. And I, and I just wrote down, what do I really want? for each one of these people or each one of these situations. And I realized that as I was writing these things down, I wanted really good things for our family and for our home and for this ministry. And so I, it has helped me be more um, fervent in my prayers because I know these are the things I really want and I believe that God wants them too. Now, some of the answers to my prayers have come in ways I did not expect. They weren't necessarily comfortable ways, but God was answering my prayers and I can trust that whatever way he chooses to answer it, it's going to be good. And so it's been a real faith builder. So ask God for what you want. Ask for him to give you wisdom in balancing the individual needs. Um, and your sanity, okay? But just remember, you know, if you're a mom with a bunch of kids, maybe weekly dates are not an option for you. So I would just, sometimes I'd be on my way to the grocery store, or I'd be running an errand, or I'd be going out to the garden, and I would just grab one of the kids, or I'd be folding laundry, and I'd say, hey, come in and talk with me. And so ours was more of a, just a weaving into everyday life. And it, you know, it worked for us. There were times I took my kids out on a date periodically, but it was pretty few and far between those instances were. So we just need to remember not to compare ourselves to other families and what other moms are doing. We can learn from other moms, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be something that works well for us. And so we need to be prayerful about it. Um, And let me just say, you will lose your sanity if you're comparing yourself to other people, okay? So the other thing that we need to remember is, again, I I guess I just need to reemphasize this one more time, to trust that this family, the one that God gave you, is the one that he intentionally put your kids into and you, and that that particular situation that they are in, this particular situation, will prepare them for the life he has for them. And if you're doubting or you're feeling guilty, bring it to the Lord. Ask him to remove the guilt. Ask him to show you if you need to do anything differently. And if he doesn't, just be be at peace with that. Okay? Uh, my my husband often says that, you know, sometimes I'm really good at this thing called um uh it's it's what does he call it? Self-induced turbulence. Okay? We need to be really careful as moms not to um, do that to ourselves, not to bring self-induced turbulence into our hearts when it's so unnecessary. So when you start to feel that unrest and that discontent and that worry or fear or guilt, just bring it to the Lord because you know what? He is perfectly capable of making it obvious if you need to do anything differently. Okay? Ask God to help you uh, tune into the needs that he wants you to meet, but pray, um, pray that he'll meet the rest. You know, I pray God, there are some things that I know that I need to participate in when it comes to meeting my kids' needs, but sometimes you want to meet their needs through someone else, through a sibling, through their dad, 
through a friend, okay? So moms, we do we cannot be everything to everyone. So I would encourage you never to believe that because if we could be everything to everyone, we would be God, right? And then God would be unnecessary. And that is not the message we want to send to our kids, right? We want to send the message to our kids that God meets their needs through us, but also often through other people or just by the Holy Spirit with no one else involved. It's important for our kids to know that, and we need to walk in that. Okay, the last question is what to cut out when you constantly set out for yourself more than you can do in a day. Oh my gosh, I am so guilty of this. I have this tendency to put too many irons in the fire, and then I'm just sunk, you know? So I can totally relate to this question. But when the kids were at home, I will say that one of the things that I did was to prioritize the basics first. I would always go back to when I found myself like to that point where, oh, crud, I've got all of these irons in the fire and I don't know which ones to leave in there and which ones to take out. Pause, pray for wisdom and prioritize. Like for me, it was always take it back to dial it back to the basics. Is laundry overflowing? Do I need to work on that? Meals. Meals were like number one, right? Because we can't just snap our fingers and have a meal for 10 people like that, right? So I needed to make sure that I was thinking ahead. The Bible says, um, the wise man looks ahead, but the fool keeps on going and suffers for it. And I have suffered for it. Um, Most of the time I didn't though, because I did this. I went back to the basics first and I built out from there. So I said, okay, are the next two meals handled? Do I know what I'm doing? And is the meat out to thaw or is there anything I need to do right now to prep for that that would make that easier later today, okay? So I'm front-loading some things so that it's less stressful as the day progresses. Um, I look at my laundry situation. I look at my house. I needed my house picked up to a certain degree. I could not handle too much chaos when it came to a lot of things being out. And you know what? You can bring the kids into this, right? Put the kids to work. They can help make sure that the general upkeep is happening. And sometimes while that was happening, um, I was thinking and processing and praying through anything else that might be able to be done that day. And so the next thing I would look at is look at the things that are time sensitive. So we, we dealt with the meals, we, we're looking at laundry, we're looking at the you know the house around us, but is there a phone call that I need to make? Is there a child that needs to be tended to? Is there a need that uh, we've been putting off that needs to be met? Um, prioritize in terms of things being time sensitive. So um, you know that's just those are just a couple of suggestions. Honestly, at the end of the day, I obviously can't answer that question in full for you, and I couldn't even answer it for myself because every day is different, right? The main thing we want to do is lean hard into the Lord. There is nothing wrong with being dependent, utterly and completely dependent on Him. It's what we were made for. And honestly, it fits like a glove when we get used to it, but we live in a culture that tells us that we need to be self-sufficient. And so my tendency is do it self, 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 self until I crash. And then I ask the Lord for help and you know it it's it's not it's not what God intended. God intended us for us to be walking in this symbiotic relationship where he and I are walking together, we are walking with him throughout our day. He's discipling us as we disciple our children. So think of it in terms of God nurturing you along the way, the way you would nurture your children along the way. And then it ends up being this beautiful 
circle. So we're getting that discipleship from the Lord, and then that is reflected in our parenting and in how we make these decisions. So I hope that was helpful. Um, Let's bow in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to love you, to love these kids. We thank you that sometimes we just need perspective, God. We need to step back because we can't see the forest for the trees. One of the things I I had to learn to do, Lord, I remember you taught me this through my husband, is to administrate. God, these children are part of a life together. They need to participate in all things that make our family life possible. So Lord, let us not forget that we are a team and help us to administrate well um, as we teach our kids what it looks like to live and love well alongside of each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.